You know what this is. We'll play it by ear. The first play by ear we feel like should be pretty ceremonious. And I think a good way to do that before we head into 2019 is by talking about the album of the decade. This is something that you saw an article on, what, like two weeks ago? Yeah, I think it, it was like a complex article, one of them bullshit-ass <laughs> media outlets. And I think they named My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy the album of the decade, right? Yep, yep, which is... Not, you don't agree not with. true. I, I don't agree with it because I felt like that sound was actually kind of still stemming from the last decade. Of, I agree with that. Uh, like with Kanye's like growth and everything, and just like how hip hop in general was going or whatnot. But like, I it stemmed from the last decade. Like you know, going into this decade, I believe that there's a, a couple of like albums that came out between like eleven and. 13 that really like kind of set what happened for the rest of the decade you know i really feel like we didn't get into like the shits of this decade until about like 12 13 all right let's dissect that a couple pieces so the first part the sound being part of pretty much the previous decade i agree but i can't Mm -hmm. really put that into words i i can't either i really can't even put it in the sound and tell you the truth like, I know that the 808s come in harder. Like, mm-hmm. kind of, that was, I mean, it started with, like, Rick Ross. Well, I don't, I don't mean, like, 808s and Heartbreaks. I right. mean, like, uh, just in music generally in music, at that yeah. time. Like, yeah. I mean, everybody should have to hit hard. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's where we are now. Like, where pop music is like that, you know? So, well, and I feel like the auto tune thing really started taking off. You know, you had, uh, not only did was there quite a bit in 808s and Heartbreak, but you also have artists like T Pain. That mm-hmm. were like at their peak at that time. You right. had artists like Lil Wayne that were kind of at the you know the end of their um, well, they apex. Were, they were kind of like and they were tying the in with all of that too. You know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, you got to give it up to those two dudes because even like you know the latter end of the decade, T Pain and Lil Wayne took off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they are heavily influencers of the kids that came out this past decade you know yeah in the 10s and shit um well maybe that's why they felt that my beautiful dark twisted fantasy was the best because it did influence you know so much after the fact i i I mean i don't want to say it wasn't influential but i feel like many more of kanye's previous albums were more influential than that one so for that one to get a ton of credit for being the magnum opus i don't know if i agree with it yeah i don't i don't agree with it at all um like you said, the shit that he came before that is probably more influential to even this decade. I, I would say hip hop as a whole, like because late registration, college dropout. I mean, you already know how you know yeah. that shit gets now. But I would say that his shit, bef- you know, before that, it was a little bit more influential, just like as on hip hop as a whole, and even more for the decade too. You know what I'm saying? Even though that came out, you know. Five years before the decade even started. You know? Yeah, well, we've talked before about 808s and Heartbreak and how that influenced Drake and that sound so much. Yep. You know, and then you had uh, even something that was so experimental like Yeezus influenced very much like that Travis Scott sound. Well, I mean, he was part, he produced tra- a lot of tracks. Tra- Travis was that sound, the right. Yeezus sound. It was just, like, it goes back to the shit that we were saying about like how that nigga like catches a wave, you know what I mean, <laughs> and like jumps on it. Yeah. The thing is, he like, his wave came before, like, Travis really hit, like, with Yeezus. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, I got to drop something right now. You know right. what I mean? Before, like, this really becomes, like, the, you know, like, 
oh what music is and like it kind of did become that with Travis and shit. He is kind of like prone to the rush nigga's mad influential. Right? Don't get yeah. me wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, but you're right about like the timing because I feel like the whole Pablo release was interesting because. It what released. Was it, 2014, 20, I think it was sixteen, even 16? Or early sixteen, though. Shit, or maybe man. it was. I'm pretty sure it was like early sixteen, but you know, it was like he rushed to get it out and launch title and all of that, and then it was like, oh well, it, it's actually not finished yet, and he actually went back and tweaked a lot of songs. I remember downloading the album. I I, I want to say very early on when it came out. There's a part in Thirty Hours where right after that first chorus. The original version keeps the beat going through that part. I remember rapping for Jay and Cam. Young producer just trying to get his flows off. I remember being nervous to do Victoria's Secret till I pictured everybody with their clothes off. Mm-hmm. The tweaked version drops the beat and picks it back up at the end of the punchline. I remember rapping for Jay and Cam. Young producer just trying to get his flows off. I remember being nervous to do Victoria's Secret till I pictured everybody with their clothes off. So, like, it, it, in a way, people are like, okay, is this the new wave that an album is an ongoing living piece of art instead of being just something that you drop one time and then it continues to go? Right. You know, so, like, that's... The, I, but the funny thing is, who knows, maybe it was just a rush to get something done, to your point, whereas now it's like, in retrospect, was that intentional? Was it just a rush? What's the deal there? I don't know. Um, well, Kanye is like a real producer, you know what I'm saying? So, him going back, like, I mean, sometimes those, like, I, you know when people say mix and master? Yeah. Like, that shit wasn't the pirated version that you got. It wasn't mix and master. You know what I'm saying? Like, because when they go in and they, like, you know, they mix the joint or whatever, like, you'll get those differences. Snippets, and, yeah. Like, but this was different, though. This is when no, he released it. And then when they went back a I mean, couple of days later, he said like the same thing. Like, similar, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's the same thing. It's like, oh uh, nah, that's that's not how I wanted it, right? Like maybe it could have been right. something where they like uploaded the wrong track. You know what I'm saying? Like whoever they gave like the stems and shit to, like you know, uploaded like the wrong part, or like he like maybe just heard it and just wanted to go back and tweak it, and you know what I'm saying, and re-upload that shit. I actually, you know, as frustrating as it was hearing different versions of it, I actually kind of liked Gucci, that. I heard that on the Gucci Mane song before. On um, that was the one with uh, him and Two Chains and the Mud Music and Waka Flocka. Oh Flocker. yeah, yeah. Like yeah, there's different versions of that too. Versions, yeah, yeah, I've heard different ones too. <laughs> like, see, that makes sense if it's like you know, like underground song. Because I don't know, was that that was from? A I mean, mix that was tape, on like right? mixtape era. You know? Yeah, but so a little bit different. I think different. they did put it on. An album, which the shit is different. You shit, know what I'm shit goes hard. <laughs> but uh, take me back to El Paso. Yeah, I know. 2011. <laughs> Sorry. Then the next part of that, you know, what was that sound from the the previous year? You know, we're talking about that being kind of that auto tune, that revolutionary. What do you think then is more of the sound of this decade? Then, um, I would say people getting like way more melodic. Than they were before with their raps, like everybody mm-hmm. is like everybody. doing it. It's not like I feel like you gotta with hip hop today. Like you, you gotta like be in that lane to even kind of I don't know sit at the table now. Like I would, I mean, with like the baby and shit like that. It's like you know, like straight like bars and like straight like rap and shit. But it's still like I don't know. It's that hip. Like I said, that those eight oh eights, man. They took over. 
and it just like if you got a good beat, like your shit's rocking, man. Like, yeah. And that's kind of like it's kind of sad because a lot of people ain't like. I feel like the producers ain't getting enough credit from like the talent or whatever that's like really like put behind a, a song, like a hit song. And but I, I don't know. I, I would say that the producers are really running the game. Like rappers, like there's no real. Like, Metro Boomin's like the glue of all these like oh, hot artists right now. It's Metro sh- Boomin really more than anything. For sure. They need him on the mixtape to make yeah. it like the mixtape of the and, summer. So I, I would really say, man, like, damn, like, now that you brought up that point, man, like, I would say Metro is probably like really like, is that sound. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that sound. That's the movement right like, now. That's the move, And that's weird because like, we never really had like a. A producer that really, you know what I'm saying, like right. had that wave. It's like, oh, that sound. I mean, Kanye changed the sound every album. You know what yeah, I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and he was, you know, producer, but he was also the the, the artist, artist. You yeah, know, so right. it's like, because fuck y'all, man. Y'all didn't. <laughs> I was rapping in '01. Yeah. Was blueprint. Imagine Niggas doing two beats hear, a day right. for three summers. Niggas ain't want to hear Kanye rap, bro. That's fucked <laughs> up. I know. They just like, I'm good. Nah, I'm good. Bro. Oh, like what he say on the last call? He's like, "Yo, we could just throw Cam on everything." Yeah, it'll be he'll, he'll lift the album up. He'll make the album. But you know, it's funny. Some people do that nowadays, though. Yo, they like, do. It's kind of necessary some, with some artists nowadays. Man, hell yeah! Like, bro, the the rap game is funny, bro. Like, especially now since it's so mainstream. Cause like, I mean, like, Post Malone should really not rap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's different. But like, I, what is it? Like, what would you consider it? It's like folk music. It's like, bro, it's like, um, like Pearl Jam or some shit like that. Yeah, it's you just know, like, it's funny. It is. It actually like, really it's is. It's like grunge music, but it just got like, Ado Ice behind it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just like hard beats. Just like uh, when um, what's the little nigga came came out? A little gay nigga. Uh, Lil Nas X. Yeah. Uh, with his like sound, like that's really a country song if you listen to it. You know what I mean? But like, right. just because of the, that whole going, <laughs> it's hip hop, you right. know? Like, and that's what kind of makes hip hop that pop sound. Now that's why it's, that's why hip hop is pop now. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like, you got like a song that I mean a, a sound that derives from hip hop. Like you know what I mean? Like think. I don't know who was like the first one to like really use the 808s, but I remember like Dre on like uh, Dope Man and shit like that. You know, like those were like the strongest 808s you heard at the time. You know, and that was like an 88. It's like, okay, so you got something that derives from, you know, some shit 30 years ago. Now that shit's like mainstream. And all it is is just a boom. It's just a drum, bro. Yeah. Like, well, it's like you said, like so much of the the melody now is in, incorporated. I think yeah, that it the wasn't melody before. is like mad important too because, like, I don't know, these niggas got to like sing now, like, uh, like you, like hearing like, then today, R.I.P. Juice Real. Like I yeah. remember hearing that nigga shit for the first time. Like, yo, this shit goes a whole right here. Right. Like, and it was like so much melody incorporated. It, it had the sample that you know what I'm saying. Like, and then it was just like. 808s behind that shit and like the dude was like that was like some emo shit like some fucking I mean shit he was getting sued by like yellow card and like you know what I mean like all yeah. kind of cause he had took like so many different elements put it all together and like boom got his song you know what I mean like it's that same kind of sound yeah and I think that that's what I don't know that's the direction that hip hop is in right now I would say man my album of the year 
decade. Yeah, let's decade. hear it. So let's hear it. What's your what's your album then of the decade? Um, man, like it's it's kind of hard. You gonna think I'm bugging too or whatever? But like, I I think that one this artist is probably of this decade somebody that like actually like came out this decade really hit mainstream and shit. Um, fucking like his is influential as shit. You know what I'm saying? Nigga, his fans don't even like Drake. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think Tyler, bro. I think Wolf. Yeah. I think Wolf really is like your album of the decade. My album of the decade. Other than because I would say Days Before, but it's not an album. And I don't yeah. think Astro really like. I mean, it kind of encompassed this whole decade. So I mean, that's a close second. But I think that like. Wolf, like, really, I don't know. Like, I still play that shit every, like, so, after seven years, bro. Like, this, and I won't spoil my favorite Tyler album because right. we'll do it. We're going to have it. That's coming up. That's a whole nother conversation. But right. I, it's weird that that's actually. So, what is it album. about Wolf that you think was the one that, like, set him apart? Yeah. From everybody else? Just, you know, because before that, you had was Goblin. Goblin was one that I feel like kind of put him on everybody's radar a little bit more mainstream. Right. I feel like Wolf was like the album that dropped when he was already very mainstream. Kind of well, like Astro World for I Travis kinda, Scott. All right, so it's kind of like the it's like the all right. Most artists they have after they have a sophomore slump. Yeah. But the ones that last that second yes. album is always like the shit. Like Kanye with Late Registration. Eminem with Marshall Matters LP, fucking, I mean, name me any fucking artist, you know what I'm saying? It's like a, a lasting, longevity, um, what was the Jay-Z's second album? Uh, what was it? It wasn't Hard Luck Life. It was, um... It, uh... Now, Reasonable Doubt was first. Reasonable Doubt was first. Uh, second was The Life and Times, Life right? And Volume Times, 1? Yeah. I mean... Once you have that second album, that's 50 Cent with the Massacre. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, Well, so here's here's the interesting thing. I feel like the first album, if you're big success, gets you, like, on the map. Mm-hmm. If this, And then the second album, if you can really master it, then it sets you up for, like, all right, you're potentially going to be the best in the game if you can master this third one. And I feel like a lot of people fold under the pressure of that third one. 50 himself. Right. Like, yeah. Curtis was just like, nah. He lost. Curtis wasn't it. And then from he there, the his, whole hip-hop war. he completely fell off. Yeah. yeah. He completely spiraled down after that. You know, like, he put a couple more, I think, what, three more mainstream albums out? Right. I couldn't tell you a couple of the singles that you would know, you know, well, you would know, but, like, you know, like, the common person would know. Well, well it's funny that you, like, even brung that up about the third album, because I felt like, what was Tyler's third of Cherry Bomb? No, his third album was Wolf, I believe. His third album was Wolf? Yeah, because Cherry Bomb was after that. That was the, about 2015. Well, Wolf was, was 2013. Uh, well, I guess. Bastard was a mixtape. Okay, so, and then I guess that's where it gets kind of tricky, too, then. So, if Bastard... Well, it's a mixtape, and then yeah. you've got, and I mean, it is pretty much. It is. I mean, Bast- it's the same thing with ASAP. And the same thing with uh, Tyler, or with Travis with Days Before. Right. So I guess technically if you want to look at it, then that means Wolf would be his second yeah. album. Yeah. So kind of like, you know, I guess you can say World would be Travis's second album, but really it's more his third work that everybody mm. knows. Nah, because what was the the shit with Upper Echelon and shit on there? Fair, uh, Al Faro, but that was that, a mixtape. That was a mixtape? Was it not? I don't know. 
I can't tell you. Point I'm making is I'm kind of helping you, not right. helping your cause, well, but like well, I get I where you're coming say, from with Wolf because I feel I like at that point with, with, everybody was paying attention right. to try to Tyler, so it had like every potential to go south like it did for Fifty with Curtis or how it went pretty well with Kanye with graduation. That's where like okay people were paying attention and then Wolf came out and hey like he's taken off since then and has his own niche audience, his own following, his own brand. Right. You know? They don't even fuck with Drake. Right, you know right. Saying? And we talked about that in one of the previous episodes. But um I mean, well, I really didn't even fuck with Cherry Bomb. You know it was what I'm saying? Weird. I didn't really I, I didn't really fuck with Cherry Bomb, but I fuck with Flower Boy a little bit. Like not even hard like I did with Wolf. But and then he came out with motherfucking uh Igor. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's like, oh shit, like, bro, how is he not the like livest nigga of the decade? You know what I'm saying? Like Yeah, well, Drake especially- got albums but like they really not all that great, man. People, They're not albums in the sense that we're looking like where it's a story. Right, yeah. It's just a bunch of crooning and crying and shit. And I will say, like, the thing with, with Tyler's albums, they're, like, consecutive. They are, at least with the story. Right. It continues the narrative. Yeah. Even, that's, like... That's you what know. makes an album a real fucking album. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, I mean, Kanye did that for a while with the first three albums. College Dropout, right. Late Registration, Graduation. It's almost like a trilogy, you know? Right. But the narrative continued. And Tyler was doing that for a while, too, when he had Bastard, Goblin. It kind of evolved a little bit when he went to Wolf. Because yeah. in the first two, you know, he's talking about he's kind of like the loner kid and he's going to therapy. And then after Wolf, you know, that's when he goes off to camp. camp. Yeah. And then all these different personalities pop up. But they continue, you know, like the story continues. Like Flower Boy continues into Igor, you know. It's just a different right. message all around. Yeah, I mean, um, and that's what an album is supposed to do. To me, like, um, like I, I've, I don't know, we talked about it on this part or we talked about it on Don't Add Me or whatever, but I think that, like, albums are supposed to tell stories. Oh, yeah, we did that on the teaser mm-hmm. for this shit. Like, how, because we were talking about how Dre kind of actually set that forward with uh, E Feel for Zagging or whatever. But if, did you listen to that shit? Not yet. I'm going to oh, save well, that. You're a sucker, man. I'm going to save that one. Yeah, I'm saving listen. that for the 10th, 10th I'm a, episode. I'm actually going to give you a, a, like, a list of albums or whatever, starting, so you can actually pick up on the This will be the, the put story, me on The storytelling shit. Because, I mean, obviously you know about like the storytelling aspect from like Good Kid, Mad City. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, Live Love ASAP really did. I mean, not Live Love ASAP. Whatever the other one was, that nigga's first album, which really wasn't that great. Either. I would say he's like up in the top. ASAP Rocky is probably like in the top three of most influential of this decade. Yeah, I can see that. I I won't really argue that one. Yeah, like uh, I mean, not even really with the music, but like kind of just like the aesthetic of yeah. what like a rapper is supposed to be. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's kind of like the well, he's kind of like the modern Snoop in a way. You know what? I, I actually compare him to like the modern Pac. Like, if Pac would have, like, made it out of... If Pac would have lived through 96, he would have been where ASAP is right now. Like, with the Versace and shit. Pac was, like, the first nigga wearing Versace, bro. Like, Johnny Versace, like, gave him clothes. Like, you know, he, like, modeled I, for I don't him, know. Man. My my person for who Pac would be, maybe not as hard as Pac, but is actually my answer if you want to get into my album of the year. Or What's my your album, album of the Good decade. Kid, Bad City? Yeah. And I told you, be predictable. <laughs> I, knew those. I told you that, like, you know, it, it's... Uh, probably a lot of people say yeah. it seems like it might be an easy answer, but here's what I'll tell you about that album. That one, it kind of set the standard 
for what this decade actually kind of yeah it was yeah, pretty it influential not where you had people say like i'm gonna copy this and make my own version you know but it was kind of like well shit like the other thing too is we talk about when when i when good kid mad city first came out i was worried <laughs> because i was like man he set the bar so high for himself i'm a fan I'm worried that he's not going to be able to eclipse this. Mm. And I don't know that he has um, eclipsed it, but it's not like the last album, the albums since then have been letdowns at all. In fact, you know, some might argue that To Pimp a Butterfly is a better album. Some might argue that Damn is a better album. It's not really an album, but shit, Untitled Unmastered is, you know, a nice compilation. So, I mean... Each narrative was different after Good Kid, Mad City. I guess you could say they kind of continued. Right. But they were all pretty standalone in their own way. But what I'll say about Good Kid, Mad City is that it just kind of brought rap back to poetry and kind of, you know, storytelling to a certain extent. But just, you know, using it as a way to either talk about societal issues. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a way oh, to yeah, kind of give sure. people like an anthem, like... All right, this dude made it out of there. You know, it has a quite a bit of it's a coming of age story. Oh, yeah. So it talks about like you know being young. It, and it's naive. mad relatable to like everybody, and that's yeah. like some shit that you always gotta have. You know what I mean? Like with, oh yeah, uh, with you know trying to be an artist and trying to actually like reach the people and shit. You like, have to if you're not relatable to a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, I mean that's small. What, yeah, small. It's following. relatable to like tons of. I mean fucking. All walks of life, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, um, fucking nigga, females, males, like whoever. Like, that's just like a relatable ass uh, album. And yeah. yeah, he had one with that. I would say, man, that's a that's definitely in the in, in my top five of the decade. I would say it was. You know, not only would I say that that was a popular choice for most people, but for me especially, right? You know, it was just an interesting you really time. Really felt that shit. Well, it was an interesting, interesting time in my life. You know, just like a lot of transitions going on. I mean, it came out, what, 2013? But I really didn't, like, listen and dive into it until 2014. And, like, really go into each track by track, listen to the whole story. Right. I think about 2013, I was jamming some of the singles. But right around 2014 was when I really got into, like, the actual narrative, the story, the entirety of it all. And, I mean, you know, I'm always late to music. Yeah. But (laughs) hearing about the hype of it, I was like, all right, we'll see. Once I listened to it, it lived up to it because... To me, it, it brought some of those timeless, you know, great parts of that West Coast sound from before. Yeah. You know, like that G-Funk sound to a certain extent. But it also kind of introduced this new sound. Like we're talking about not quite Metro booming, but like its own like, you know, ASAP-esque kind of sound to it. You know, because they had a lot of features with each other around that time, too. Right. So that's my answer. You know, there's so many songs on there that I can listen to on repeat. And the another, I feel like this is another hallmark of a great album, is that my favorite song from that album, I feel like, has shifted several times. Like, over... Uh, like, it, it changed? It's changed. And that, that'll maybe happen with, like, one or two tracks. Like, yeah. you might have, like, a, a popular single. You're like, man, you just play that shit on repeat. And then a couple months later, you get tired of it. You find a new favorite. That might happen two or three times. Good Kid, Mad City, that should happen to me maybe five or six times. Where Damn. each time I'm like... I like this. Well, I would I would say that that's that's true, and that rings true to like a good album and shit too. Because um, with Me Against the World with Pop, which I, you know that's like my favorite album, like period. Like 
my favorite song on there is like kind of changed. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. throughout the, I mean, I remember when I was younger, it was like so many tears, and then it was like young niggas, and then like you know, going on outlaw. <laughs> Outlaw, <laughs> that is that probably is my favorite one on there. It is now, nah, nah, it is for sure. Can you get away? That's another good one. That's just like, it's like a weird mood, you yeah, know. Yeah. Out oh, decade, Wolf, Good Kid, Mad City. Any honorable mentions? Um, I would say honorable mentions. Uh. Fuck, uh, man, what have I been listening Astro, obviously. Yeah, I'd um, say that. That was a lot of also because of the mainstream acclaim it's got. I would say uh, KOD, uh, J. Cole. I really didn't fuck with J. Cole before KOD, I mean KOD or whatever the fuck. People love that album, though. Um, You know what is not going to make any of my lists? Any Drake album. I've never listened to an <laughs> entire Drake album, bro. I don't think I have either. I've never ever listened to an entire Drake album. I cherry pick. People gonna listen Drake to this and be like, these guys don't know shit. They've never listened to Drake. Nah, y'all get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. Get the I, fuck I feel out you on here. the Tyler albums though, for sure. I feel you on Tyler. I feel you on uh I think Kendrick would be more of like the Tupac of now, but I can understand the yep. ASAP one, you know. Um I mean, but I don't know. I mean there's been a lot of good albums, but I think it would have to be the artists have to be within that Kanye, Kendrick, uh, in that space. Yeah, for sure. It has to be for me. I mean, even well, I don't know, man. Because later, nigga kind of been falling off, man. Big Sean was up there, like yeah, he was kind of like he had like a certain sound to it, but now he's gotten so pop sounding, man. Yeah, it, it's Big just Sean like some off. of his songs are just completely unpalatable. And I folks with Big Sean too. Um, another nigga that I, I mean, this nigga been around for like almost fifteen. Well, shit, probably even longer than that. Uh, currency. currency Currency He's always kind of been like that Like Under the radar Yeah Type rapper though when Like Your rapper's favorite rapper type nigga Yeah Like Devin the Dude Shit like that Yeah <laughs> Exactly Like that one like Damn who's this This sounds smooth You know <laughs> Get put on Um, I, I mean there's gonna be plenty of albums That were just like Throwing out there Overplayed You know like No Migos album is gonna make like My critically acclaimed list Oh uh, no I'm Talking about like either. catchy Pop shit, pop sounds, then yeah, maybe. But I mean, they're not telling any stories in the in the literal sense of an album. Yeah, I man, I'm going through my albums like right now, I'm telling you, like most of the ones that uh, like are from like this year that like I really like just jammed or like R and B shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird. And it's kind of like you said, like the line has kind of blurred over yeah. the last decade too. Like that's something that we haven't talked about, but. They got to be put on. So put me on. I'll put y'all on on some music, too. Just hang out. You know what I'm saying? We're going to bring Subscribe, me out bullshit. Subscribe. Follow. follow uh, like. Uh, what else do people Rate and review. Rate and review. Get in the shits. Shit. <laughs> Until next time. See you. All right, man. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey, hold on real quick. Hold on. Hold on. Pause.